0: Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We're particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Alright, well welcome along to the show everyone. I'm glad you could join me today because we're going to be speaking with Haley Marie Litt. Now she works as a counsellor, so I was really curious to talk with her about what it's like to be listening with people and helping them on the journey of whatever it is that they're going through. Here's an excerpt from my conversation with Haley Marie.
1: I feel like now, you know, life is so fast-paced and people are looking for instant gratification and... You know, and so therefore it's kind of what it's doing is it's taking that kind of avoidance out from looking at our own stuff because we like placing our value and our, our own self-worth on acceptance of likes. You know, whilst I think social media is great, that now we're just getting so fixated on um, how many likes or oh, did someone like this picture or, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's around um, giving ourselves a bit of a time limit on that as well and not actually placing our worth or... Or any part of our self acceptance on, on um, any likes that we get, you mm-hmm. know, because that's all external stuff, and you're never gonna find any happiness on the external, ever.
0: Yeah. Well, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation, so we're going to get straight into it. And if you do, then consider checking out some of the more than 108 other episodes in the back catalog. There's a real database now of stories with people who are doing great things in our communities. And I wanted to say, if you've listened to a couple of these shows and one of them's really impacted you or you think it could help others, then why not consider sharing it with somebody? You can do that really easily within the app that you're using to listen to this, to share it. Or you can find the particular episode if you go to theseeds.nz and share it that way. Having all of you as listeners sharing episodes with other people is hugely helpful to the podcast because it lets other people know about the stories that they can listen to. And I heard something the other day which really resonated with me, which was saying, if you're going about to create a podcast, create the podcast that you would like to listen to. And that's really what I'm aiming for with this one. Finally, a quick shout-out, Karina Harris at Akina Foundation sent me an email, and there's a pretty cool program called Ninewire, which is coming out, and I'll put a link in the show notes. Basically, if you're an innovator in the environmental space, then there's a program that you might want to apply to, and they offer lots of resources and advice, so you might want to check that out. Now let's dive into this conversation with Haley Marie. All right, so it's a pleasure to welcome Haley Marie Litt, who's a counselor here in Christchurch. Thanks for joining me.
1: Thank you. Thank you for um, creating the space for me to be here today. It's really, it's a privilege.
0: Yeah, no problem. So what we do on this show is we talk about purpose and what people are doing with their lives. Mm -hmm. But in order to to talk about what they're doing now, and Mm -hmm. I think in our situation, we're going to talk a lot um, about counseling and Mm -hmm. different topics like that. Yeah. To set the backstory, what I'd love to find out is a bit about You. You. Mm -hmm. So do you mind telling us a little bit about where you're from?
1: Okay, so um, originally I'm from the North Island actually, so I'm from Hamilton, although I like to call myself a bit of a Cantabrian nowadays because I've been here for almost 12 years, Mm -hmm. and um, what led me to here is I've got a couple of girls, so they are from Christchurch, so that's kept me me in um, Christchurch, which is... um, what I'd like to call home now.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and that that sort of childhood or growing up Were you in a city or in in the country or what was that like?
1: Yeah, that's interesting um, I was actually brought up in a country in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, however um, I went to like a city school like a private school, so it was very much kind of country-based, but still in the city mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah,
0: and which area was that in
1: um, that was in the Waikato. Okay, so um yeah, originally, I grew up on a farm. Actually, like where my parents had racehorses.
0: Oh right. Yeah, so hmm. it was
1: quite interesting. So it was it was actually really cool because I got to have lots of, you know, um, fun as a child. Like in the the whole country life. Like I sort of look at my girls now, and it's very different to my own upbringing. Right. Yeah. yeah. Everything's quite fast paced, and I think that um, for me it was quite, you know, sort of adventurous and um, being out with the animals and yeah, so. Hmm.
0: So what was it like, you know, race horses are quite a specialized yeah. type of thing to be growing yeah. <laughs> or yeah. um, rearing. What was that like?
1: Um, oh, I personally love horses, so it was amazing growing up. It was just, oh, I can just remember as a child actually just going to the races with my dad. And, you know, it was such a fundamental part of growing up for me. And, um, yeah, I still enjoy going to the horse races now. Mm. Yeah. What
0: sort of racing was that?
1: So that was like thoroughbred, as in um, the not the trots, the the gallops, and um, yeah.
0: And was your father was he was he the one who had arranged the jockeys and things as well, or was he raising the horses? Or I don't know much about this industry, you see. So I'm curious to find out more.
1: It is that is interesting, actually. And I actually have to think back, to be honest. (laughs) Um, So I think that he just employed the jockeys. I think that a lot of the horses actually lived on a um, we had we had some on our stud farm, but then a lot of them stayed with the trainer, which was in Matamata. So mm. I think the good ones were were out there anyway. <laughs> we probably had the other ones. Oh, there was one horse that didn't really do very well, so I got to ride her. So that was really cool. Right. Yeah. Oh, so you Chelsea. Go, right. That was the name? <laughs> yeah, Chelsea.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you grew up from a young age riding horses, I guess. Yeah, I
1: did. Yeah. I did. And I really... Um, i guess i have quite a deep connection to horses and it was interesting because i took my girl who's 12 the other day for her 12th birthday mm-hmm. um just for some horse lessons and she really like she just picked it up so i guess it was very interconnected within herself and her own bloodline.
0: Mm-hmm. right
1: yeah so yeah
0: yeah oh that's great what is it about horses that you loved the most um like Chelsea for example
1: yeah I just find them really peaceful beautiful intelligent animals and I just feel that you know like the way that you can communicate with them is basically almost like on a human level that's my like kind of connection with them Mm -hmm. like I just feel that they're so intelligent Mm -hmm. and wise animals and really also it's interesting I just, I had no idea that we'd be talking about horses today, but it's just so interesting. <laughs> this often happens, so <laughs> <laughs> keep going. Because, you know, like with, with what I do and um, with how horses are, it's kind of like they're very in touch with their emotions. Mm-hmm. And I feel like kind of as humans, we can be so out of touch with our emotions. And I guess that that's probably why as a child, because I was very sensitive. I was a sensitive child. I still am very sensitive. Mm-hmm. Um that's probably why I had such a great connection with them because I knew that they could sort of feel my energy and I, I knew that they could they were in touch with what they wanted as well so mm. you know riding a stubborn horse is like um, if you're wanting it to go, it just won't mm. you know so it's like well no, I don't want to so it's kind of in touch with what's going on with what it needs mm. and um, yeah, so it's, it's really interesting it's, to, it is to interesting isn't it on. and
0: and actually the terms that are used sometimes like. The, the, when they're young they're not broken right yeah and then they're broken <laughs> in that they are more you know compliant with the reins and things yeah that's it's so interesting true. terminology isn't it it's
1: is interesting terminology because it's very conditional to to where we are as, in society mm. you know from from a such a young age we are. Everything is unconditional. Like we don't berate ourselves for learning to walk or crawl or, or talk. You know, we're we're in that p- complete joy, mm. um, that complete innocence. And and as we as we grow and develop in society, you know, we have conditions placed on us. It's um, you know, it, it creates limitations. Mm. And um, I guess that for me personally, I I felt like growing up for myself, that I um. I guess I had, like, parents who definitely loved me, you know, like I did have love. However, there wasn't a lot of emotional um, bonding. You know, we had quite a lavish lifestyle. However, the the emotional part just wasn't there, so I wasn't really taught around, you know, how to truly um, feel okay in my own skin, to to really love who I was and to to, um, have some clear boundaries moving out into the world. And Mm. so that, um, you know, that can be a lot of... um, things that people really struggle with now in the now Mm. as well as those social conditionings but also you know these faulty beliefs that we have um been ignited within our childhood that that just don't sit true but we've adapted them in our cognitive um, brains that have um identified that as truth when it's not Mm. so I guess that's kind of like part of part of my journey as to where I am from growing up to sort of where I am now yeah well,
0: let's get into that. But I just find it fascinating, you know, what you're doing now,
1: mm. and then
0: thinking back to a childhood mm. spent loving horses. You know, I yeah. I do wonder if there's some influence there in terms of what you learned from that experience, even if it was subconsciously. You know, the way that the horses are, the way you described it.
1: Yeah, I think that um, it's it's really interesting because I feel that, you know, from a from a, definitely from a subconscious place that we. I guess I have um, been able to create that sense of peace and understanding within myself, but also now I feel like I'm in charge of my own emotions. So I guess that f- from a learning space of horses, which I would never have thought, this is just so fascinating for me, mm. that that's so true. Mm. You know, I really... It's
0: well, that's why I love this podcast, because sometimes amazing. we un- unlock the... Yeah, I'll send you a bill later for the therapy here. <laughs> 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 no, that's... but. everyone needs it (laughs) quite often um you start asking about childhood things and then you realize oh there's a bit of an echo here for later in life you know like so um and I'd like to suggest that you write a book about horses and and people and you know like that would be quite an interesting analysis I think
1: and it's it's actually also interesting is because um and I haven't actually thought about this until now to be honest you have really opened up the gates but like a lot of my clients like quite a few are all kind of um, clients that ride horses right, or have some kind of connection and I just sort of haven't and I just sort of thought oh I wonder what the connection is and it's interesting because I actually was thinking about that the other day I was like I wonder why I keep attracting people with horses, I knew I loved horses growing up and I yeah. had a horse but I don't really have that now you know like my life's very different so mm. I guess that's from that subconscious place I'm sort of playing out that um, those old spaces of, of that childlike wonder and mm. Yeah, so mm. thanks for untapping well, that. There you go. No Thank problem. Thank you so much. I <laughs> love it. That's all right. So,
0: um, so just describe a bit more about your, I guess, your young adult years and sort of what, mm. just to give us mm. a picture of who you were, say through high school type okay. of time. Like, okay. w- would we would we know you, or were you a different oh, type of gosh, person? Oh gosh, Stephen, <laughs> would
1: you know me? Um, okay, probably no, you wouldn't. But I guess that um, I've always. Um, Oh gosh, as high school, I was very, very rebellious, and I think that I sort of went from this really sensitive, shy child to someone who just kind of had a big emotional outlet and not necessarily in in a healthy way. Mm-hmm. So you know I really kind of let my wild side be free that was completely not tamed at all. And um, you know, I got into lots of trouble um and you know like the principal always used to say to my parents you know your daughter Hayley she's a leader but she's leading in the wrong ways Mm. so um I think that I just had a lot of I never knew how to process my emotions and therefore kind of just had all this anger had all this frustration had all these feelings that I didn't even know what they were really back then and was um playing those those wounds out as a teenager and um into my early 20s before i realized that um you know i wanted to make some shifts within myself so Mm. it took you know that and i think that like my life's experience has brought me to where i am today Mm. and the fact of really being able to have deep empathy for others Mm. and understanding on people's life's journey um so
0: it's interesting isn't it Mm. because sometimes i ask people would you change your life, you know, like mm. if you could go back, and mm. the classic would be what advice would you give your younger self? But, oh, yeah. but actually, sometimes you have to have gone through that journey to become, you know, all those hard times, all that yeah. led you to today, right? Absolutely, so, absolutely.
1: Yeah. Now, I'd, you know, I probably um, do a few things different, but I think that, you know, ultimately. I would not be the person I am today. You know, I wouldn't be able to really truly understand others at, at the deepest level that I can mm-hmm. without going through that that deep trauma. There was a lot of abuse. There was um, drug and alcohol mm-hmm. addiction, um, toxic relationships. I mean, that was it was just a huge layer upon layer upon layer of um, woundedness playing out. Mm-hmm. And I guess that I had to really reparent myself to where I am today. So, mm-hmm. you know, obviously I do things... Um, very differently with my own children but Mm -hmm. also you know I treat myself I'm a much different person than how I treat myself I didn't like myself back then so I had to learn to really um, find out what self-love was and um, really integrate that into my life and Mm. and, and live an authentic life so. Mm.
0: So how do you go about that reparenting process as you you said yeah Yeah. just unpack for us what that means and how did it like was there a a moment or a time when you thought this is not healthy you know mm. where i'm at or mm. was it a gradual thing mm. or what mm. what was that process like for you
1: great question love it um i guess that for me like i've kind of like always known like even when i was like being this rebellious person and living life very much different than how i live it now I've, i have always had this like inner like i'm i'm a very like intuitive person right mm. so i've got I, i'm able to like feel into soul Mm. I guess you can say and other people's souls but what happened is I always knew I was living out of alignment like I always felt this feeling Um, and I guess that one day I sort of just woke up and I was like you know what I just don't even want to do this anymore you know I don't want to be a part of any of this stuff Mm. and uh, the the turning point was um, when I left a really abusive relationship um, alongside the fact that I decided I wanted to train to be a therapist And, and throughout that journey for me, um, I I did a lot of inner, inner child healing, which is like, you know, going back to your, um, into the different ages of where you're at, like as in, you know, you could be age three or whatever it is, and you're really going back to reparent that child. So you're giving that child love as an adult, but, um, you know, like connecting back into that. To that wounded child and i did that with my teenager and i still do it to be honest because if i'm feeling like sort of like out of alignment now in my life um and I, or if i'm feeling like you know um like i'm working too hard it's time to let my inner child out you know like reconnect with that and so you just tap into it i have like exercises that i do with clients right um alongside that i won't do that with you today <laughs> but you know you're tapping into you're connecting back into that energy space but yeah. you're doing it from an adult place so it's very 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 effective therapy Mm. and
0: so the inner child that we're talking about is the child that is hasn't been wounded yet is that right like the three-year-old they're curious and full of wonder is that what you're meaning or Um, is it or is it a different
1: It's actually, um, well, it can be that. You Mm -hmm. can be connecting with your inner three-year-old if you're wanting to sort of let out your creative. Say, for example, I'm wanting to sort of hang out with my boy who's 18 months. I could connect back into my 18-month-old and sort of start playing from that space. Mm -hmm. But it's more about really healing the wounded um, inner child. So, like, the wounded 14-year-old, the wounded three-year-old, the wounded you know 10 year old whatever the age is you know we have um different wounds at different different ages for different wounds and it's about tapping into what who's calling out the most at the time and um Mm. yeah very effective and you know I think that like as adults we still need to connect with our inner children Mm. you know because like we you can get so complacent being an adult with such um you know Life can get very serious, so it is around kind of letting that fun part out mm. um while still having the responsible adult kind of taking care of that if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, 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 it
0: does, yeah, I've got young children, and sometimes I'll be you know busy, yeah. quote marks busy, yeah yeah, because <laughs> I've got to send an email or yeah. I've got to read something or mm-hmm. oh I'm, this book is really fascinating, and then I'll look up and I'll realize my kids are outside playing in the sun. I need to be out there with them, not yeah. sitting in here, yeah. you know, and yeah. it's that, yeah. it's that connecting, isn't it? Absolutely. But, but that's sort of, for me, that can be sort of going back and thinking actually jumping on the trampoline is about the funnest thing you can do, yeah. you know, and me as an adult needs to just Ex- step back and oh. just immerse myself in the moment.
1: Absolutely. hundred oh, percent. Cause it's about being in the here and now, isn't it? Yeah. And, um, we don't have Anything else but the here and now. And mm. so it's about embracing those moments, jumping in the puddles, you know, playing in the leaves. And because that's what children love and letting our own childlike wonder come through. And that actually creates a deeper sense of connection with ourselves, our own inner children inside, and our children. Mm you know they want to see their 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 mum and dad and parents or Mm -hmm. whoever having fun with them Mm -hmm. and not just kind of being on a side like I like to say like sideline mum like get in the water and play you Mm -hmm. know get in there it doesn't matter what you look like just get in there and have some fun because you come away feeling better about yourself so it's kind of adding that um, self-esteem to -hmm. your own growth around um, being present with your children
0: yeah no I agree yeah probably familiar with pepper pig you know yeah the little pig. yeah and i love how the family often in that little show like it goes for six minutes usually at the end they're all jumping in muddy puddles i know and it's like yeah that's <laughs> kind of cool like the family's just having being fun. present yeah. And yeah. together
1: <laughs> it is about being silly and letting your hair down because life doesn't have to be so serious all the time i think we need that balance mm. we really do in order to um sort of function as well and, and honestly it's great for mental health mm. Mm. um it really is
0: yeah, no, that's great. So you were studying this type of thing and, and getting some qualifications around
1: that yes, time? Yes, yes, yeah. I did. Well, actually, earlier, um, sort of dating back, I started doing social work. So I did, um, I started doing the, that was the kind of starting point for me. And then sort of as I grew from there, then I had um, children. I actually woke up at age um, 27, it was, mm-hmm. after I had my two girls. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, I know what I really, really want to do now. Like, I know I just, I want to, Uh, step into empowering women and um, you know being an advocate for for women and in their power because Mm. like I didn't have my power for so many years that I really wanted to teach people to take their power back but I was still in that stage still learning about you know what does that look like to Mm. to be a woman in her power you know without and not coming from an ego space but Mm. coming from someone who is is grounded on this earth but also someone that has clear boundaries and that um, can prioritise themselves as um, putting their own oxygen mask on first before, mm-hmm. you know, being able to help others. And, you know, that's definitely something I advocate. You know, like as when you go to, um, on the planes, they're always saying, hey, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first mm-hmm. before you can be there to help anyone else. And I think that a lot of the time with mums, they tend to forget that. I definitely forgot that as well. And that mm-hmm. can make you sort of a, a less... Present mum, but if you are actually giving to yourself and prioritizing yourself and um, making time for yourself, you're actually, you feel more free with your children. That's mm-hmm. what I've found. That's self discovery within myself, and um, definitely something I um, help yeah. others to do as well alongside mm-hmm.
0: that. So, what are some practical tips for mums who are listening, or, well, anyone really, but, yeah. but in particular, like? To be able to put the oxygen mask on mm. for yourself, like mm. what does that actually mean in a practical yeah. sort of level?
1: Yeah, great. Um, so, on a practical level, level it, it's it's around giving yourself some space and making yourself a priority, even if that means you know when the kids are in bed, taking five minutes time out for yourself. Um, I I do this daily. I I actually always give to myself, even if you you know you've had a crazy day. The kids have been full on. I totally understand that with young children. um, It is around, you know, like even setting an alarm on your phone and creating that space. Right, I'm going to take 10 minutes for myself. You know, I'm scheduling that into my timetable. Because often, you know, we like kind of have this excuse that, oh, we don't have time. But it's around scheduling that in. I mean, you you always have time to go to bed. You have time to be on Facebook. You have time to be, you know, doing all these outside things. What about yourself? Mm. So it's really about um, putting that into yourself. It's so important because, um, you know, as a mother, it's just we, we need that mm. in order to function at a, at a more optimum level of being a good mum. Mm. Mm.
0: So prioritise what's important and yeah. you're pretty important. You Absolutely. Know, look after yourself. Yeah, yeah,
1: for sure. And even sometimes, you know, it can be a bit crazy and I get that. And sometimes it is just about even, you know, having a nice bath for yourself and just relaxing and just being in your own energy space being in the present moment and not having to worry about all oh, this we've got this birthday coming up you know and i'm talking about when you do schedule that time for yourself you're not thinking about your children you're not thinking about your husband you're not thinking about aunt mary in hospital you're, you're thinking about yourself first and foremost and being in that silence is actually such a gift because within silence, that's how we can get in touch with our own souls and know what's what's our what our personal next step is in life. Mm. You know, when we're so distracted by this and that, and you know, everything is just so on the outside, it's so hard to hear the whispers of um, of our truth of, of what our next step is. So, you know, I invite anyone that um, has such a busy life to actually sit. I, I like to call them soul dates. You know, I advise my clients to, you know, create a soul date for yourself. And that could be, you know, it could be as little as 10 minutes if you've got like a baby or, you know, children or whatever. But, you know, I like to say, you know, at least an hour once a week, but, you know, at least five minutes every day just to just to chill, just to take a couple of deep breaths, you know. Breathing is so important. So actually, you know, breathing. Because often, you know, when we're so busy, we're breathing from our chests. So it's about taking that space to actually just you know breathe Mm. you know so important as i just did then yeah yeah
0: (laughs) and you feel better i do feel better (laughs) there you go there we go and i think it's interesting isn't it this is kind of an obvious thing to say but there's a lot that social media has to answer for in technology in Mm. terms of you used the word disruption before Mm. you know like Mm. we're constantly seeing little red dots that say check me there's yeah. a message yeah. it's urgent yeah, you know absolutely um, what do you think that's doing for us I guess as a as humans <laughs> in terms of how we think and process
1: I feel like now you know life is so fast-paced and, and people are looking for instant gratification and you know and so therefore it's kind of what it's doing is it's taking that kind of avoidance out from looking at our own stuff because we like placing our value in and our our own self-worth on acceptance of likes you know and I feel that it's um we need to sort of really rein that in and bring ourselves back to back to self um and you know whilst I think social media is great it's great for um you know connection there's that social connection and that's um I think ideally is what the 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 part that it was first created for but now we're just getting so fixated on um how many likes or oh, did someone like this picture or mm-hmm. you know so I think it's around um giving ourselves a bit of a time limit on that as well and not actually placing our worth or or any part of our self acceptance on on um any likes that we get you mm-hmm. know because that's all external stuff and you're never going to find any happiness on the external ever
0: yeah yeah the danger I see <clears throat> is that you you do become reliant on images that are Mm. based on electronic, Mm. you know, photos that are uploaded, like, I'm on a beach, look how happy I must be. But the reality is, is, is that deep within the person, they may be very unsatisfied, but they're hoping for more likes. (laughs) And then the, the consequence sometimes is that you don't actually connect with the person to actually have a conversation. Where you can actually ask the hard questions like how are you actually doing i saw the photo on the beach but what's going on a bit deeper here
1: absolutely that and that's so true as well and it's interesting because i was actually just thinking about a post that i um uploaded the other day and it was around um you know people are always you know whenever you meet people they're always like oh how are you kind of thing but it's never like are you happy are you happy you know nobody actually says that so you know whilst you know you're talking about someone uploading this beautiful picture on the beach they could be you know in their own darkness sitting there like just Mm. feeling miserable so you know it does block that connection and I think that people are only showing their best parts anyway they're not showing Mm. any darkness Mm. or or any any parts that you know like they're not wanting to be seen because social media is just so glorified that Mm. um yeah, so it's it's a, it is around being mindful around not um, stepping into that comparison trap as well because often if we are not feeling good about ourselves, we're going to look at someone else's social media and start thinking, "Oh, they've got this perfect life," mm-hmm. but really behind closed doors, things they they might have relationship problems or you know they're going through some deep grief. So it's it is really around not um, <clears throat> falling into that trap, which we can do as humans, mm-hmm. I think.
0: And and <clears throat> then potentially um, having hundreds of friends but never actually connecting with anyone yeah, absolutely <laughs> in a in absolutely. a deep absolutely. way which yeah. i think is kind of a symptom or you know it's the the mental health of the nation you mm. know like generally mm. it's it's not great for many people but mm. they're very it's it's very you have to be very vulnerable to admit mm. that and particularly for men i'm mm. thinking about you know there's kind of a perception of well, the all blacks, you know, like mm. let's have another beer, and it's this sort of strong. I can't show any weakness, Absolutely. and so as a man, I see that is you know a, a, it can be a temptation to just present a front of yeah. everything's fine and to actually admit you Know this is uh, things are not going well, and mm. I need to talk about it with someone. Mm, mm. Those are conversations that we need to encourage because yeah, they're just not happening enough.
1: Absolutely, no, that's that's a hundred percent true, too. And you know, like it's it's this old stigma, it's this old generational um conditioning, and especially with with men as well. Like, there's this kind of like a harden up kind of attitude, mm-hmm. you know, men can't show show their um sensitive side or cry and things like that and and it's kind of like these are the things that need to be shifted Mm. you know i've I've got a little boy and he's um 18 months now and like you know i want him to be able to 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 feel those emotions he's got Mm. two older sisters too so i think he'll be pretty okay Mm. um but it is around you know being able to be vulnerable and being vulnerable is actually a gift you know it's actually a real true gift because being able to show those emotions and those feelings and 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 being able to you know share that hey we're not okay Mm -hmm. you know things that things are not okay is actually you know what that does is it sets the wheel of motion for others and it opens up that space for others to do the same Mm -hmm. so you know that's where I feel like you know we're trying to sort of Create this new stance within mental health now Like we're trying to open that up And, um, you know, whilst there's still a long way to go The cracks are starting to open And, you know, people are becoming more open to to this type of um, change mm-hmm. You know, but it is, it's still there It's still mm-hmm. very much present mm-hmm. You know, I sort of look at, look at my guy as well And he le- works in a very dom- male-dominated industry Um, And they're all sort of like, you know, like manly manly men and stuff. And, you know, he, he, because he's quite a sensitive guy himself. Mm. And he just says that, you know, it's quite, um, you know, like nobody really wants to talk about their feelings. And, Mm. you know, I think it's really important for men to sort of gather and and have these groups. And there are becoming more groups out there as well. Mm. Um, Also for guys too, um, it feels more, I guess that woman probably feel easier to sort of talk to to go to, to go see a counselor it's, it's but but men tend to can have a bit of a stigma going on there around getting help for their own self but in in actual fact it is um just so life-changing just to be able to talk to someone about your feelings mm-hmm. you know like opening that space because for so long you know even my partner he was telling me the other day that you know when he went to his grandmother's funeral there were all these men there and he was the only one that cried and he mm. felt guilty for that mm. you know we need to be creating that space to to open that open that um vulnerability for mm. people to feel all their emotions mm. and know that it's safe to do so yeah, yeah i
0: agree i agree with you and i think that's that's the challenge i guess yeah i, I heard yeah. someone say something interesting the other day that that men sometimes connect side side by side so yeah. in other words, when they're active doing a mm-hmm. task, you know, uh, building something or mm. fishing or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that that's sometimes when they'll connect rather yeah. than face-to-face, that yeah. that the face-to-face type of conversation, like we're having right yeah. now, yeah. like we're going pretty deep yeah. with a number of things, yeah. But, yeah. but that that might be a challenge for some people yeah. um, to do that. Whereas if it's like, hey, we're going to go out into the wilderness and go for a hike, yeah. that's yeah. the time when people can actually
1: connect, connect and, with especially with men yeah you know i actually agree with that and i think that's um quite quite a big statement to say and, and quite quite a good one actually you can hear that i hear so, that I yeah do hear that. that's good I do. so
0: i just want to ask a little bit about your role now you know in counseling people yeah, sure, like sure. what what do you enjoy about that
1: oh my gosh what do i enjoy i absolutely love my job mm-hmm. i love it i'm i'm so deeply passionate because what i love is you know seeing people come in for whatever reason it is whether it trauma anxiety depression you know just past wounds and for them to watch their growth to watch them come in week after week and for them to shift and for them to you know you can see their whole energy shift you know they they become more vulnerable you gain trust it's a very intimate relationship and to see this transformation to me, to watch that and witness that is a huge privilege. Yeah. It's a huge honor. And I absolutely love it. I absolutely, truly do. It It really opens my own heart to watch other people grow. Yeah. Because I think that, you know, just even be able to plant the seed and for them to, you know, do the work and show up. It's it's just, it's phenomenal because it really, you know, it shifts the paradigms within our own um way of living you know we're shifting those dynamics we're shifting the generational parts of ourselves if we can actually do that and mm. so you know witnessing that for me in therapy or in group therapy or whatever it is, is is just it's a huge privilege and an honor and I feel so much gratitude for it in mm. honesty
0: that's great yeah so what what would you say because people are listening m- most of them will not be counselors <laughs> what are some tips or or things that you've learned in doing this role that could be applicable to anybody. Yeah. Right. Because you used the word empathy before. Mm. And I love that, you know, the Mm. idea that you can relate with what someone's Mm. going through and actually Mm. not sympathy, but Mm. empathy. Um, But uh, I'm guessing that being a good listener is Mm. important. Oh, absolutely. um, Having the empathy, but just unpack first. What, what do you think makes a good counselor? Because What I'm hoping is that the people listening Mm. in their own context and relationships possibly Mm. could adopt some of the things that you Mm. might identify.
1: Mm. Okay, so definitely um, having compassion, having compassion for yourself and um, also listening is probably number one key because when you are able to sit and listen to another without sort of wanting to jump in and kind of tell your own story, you know, kind of sitting back and being present with listening – You hear another perspective and when you can hear another perspective it can actually ignite a new golden nugget within your own self so definitely listening and actually actively listening I mean there's listening and then there's listening right so Mm. being really present to to listening Um, also so
0: can I just unpack that a little bit more sure what what makes that active listener how do you know that you've got there
1: okay so you you're able to retell so it's actually like you know you're, you're listening to someone and then you're able to retell what they've said you know, so you're basically kind of parroting so you so they know that you've heard what you've said. Um, that's what makes a really good listener. So, mm-hmm. you know, retelling uh, the story that they've shared with you, that's um, primarily... And then I
0: guess the gold nuggets that may come out is if you can actually identify the underlying thing yeah. beyond the story, yeah. right? Like, I've heard what you've said, and I actually think maybe this is a key part of it. <laughs>
1: yeah, absolutely, because... Yeah. Um, definitely gaining deeper insight into self by mm. doing that mm. and you know le- learning from others instead of kind of just being in our own world le- we learn so much from others you know we we learn from other people's stories we learn from their own personal journey and um, being able to sort of really truly be open to hearing other other people mm-hmm um you know so can
0: I'm i suggest a word for that which yeah. is curious curious oh yeah. absolutely i use that word a lot on this so podcast because i actually do too i don't I, even know why i haven't said it yet <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> i figured it would come out eventually because yeah. i often will start my questions to people is mm. i'll say something like i'm just curious da, da, da. Mm-hmm. and the reason that i'm doing it is i'm hoping to model the idea that being curious is what un- Uh, unfolds an answer that we didn't expect yeah so subliminally I'm hoping the people listening are going oh curiosity yeah Yeah. I could ask questions
1: too (laughs) absolutely actually being curious is is absolutely 100% key so Mm. I love that Mm. Um, and just being curious to to others and curious to life and curiosity is um, opening up the space to to know know yourself deeper and to get to know others deeper too which comes which ties into vulnerability you know so Mm -hmm. that's i love that Mm
0: -hmm. yeah is there anything else that i guess people could learn from
1: okay so also like for me like i'll just i'll just give you some tools i guess um you know if you're in a space where you're really struggling you know there's 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 ways that you can help yourself by definitely taking time out for yourself but i also invite you to be in a space of um, doing some journaling. Journaling is very, very powerful. Um, it's something that I definitely recommend to, to my own clients and also within myself, you know, but it's, it's around asking open-ended questions like, um, what am I feeling right now? And actually creating that space to to allow yourself to sort of get out of your head. Because often if we're feeling overwhelmed and, you know, everything's sort of quite confusing, we're kind of in our head space. And so it's around jumping back into our body and inviting, getting getting curious mm-hmm. around, you know, what am I feeling right now? And just allowing yourself to be in that space to um, ignite the answers. So, you know, journaling is such a big, big huge tool around um getting inside into yourself and and definitely moving your body you know exercise or you know if we've got trapped emotions within our body you know i actually talked about this as a topic that i talked about in one of the groups i teach on wednesday night um you know if we've got like sort of anger or um old resentment or, or we're feeling sadness and it's trapped within our body you know, a great way to release it alongside, you know, talking to a therapist and, um, you know, getting some support is to actually move your body. So that could be just literally putting on some dance tunes, dancing with your children, dancing around the room, just shaking your body, shaking it off like that Taylor Swift song. Shake it off, you know, mm. like literally because it's actually such a release. And then what happens is it releases that um um, serotonin to the brain which is the happy feel good stuff so it's going to make you feel more um, aligned you know people don't even underestimate the power of movement because it shifts our um, trapped emotions and it shifts our energy hmm. so yeah
0: yeah that's great and just thinking I guess about the counseling side of things um, are there some examples that you can give of big changes that you've seen for people coming for counseling
1: mm, gosh yeah I can I've got some big testimonies, testimonials um, around change, definitely, especially like with my woman. Like, I have had women come to me, um, even some men with addiction problems too, to be fair, but um, I'll just use this case like, that have come to me with absolutely no self worth, you know, very, very, very low self esteem, and not a great sense of self. And the shift that they have now to where they are is they are women in their own power. They feel like they've been able to um, stand within their own self. They've created new boundaries. They've probably left toxic relationships. And, you know, the, the difference, the energy space is different. They even dress differently. Like everything is just a huge transformation mm. um, because they've done the work. And it's not it's not about me doing the work. They've done the work. You know, I've just provided them with tools and um, sat with them in their own energy. Um, However, you know, they've shown up So that's another big thing too around gaining um, insight Is actually to show up Because if we don't show up and do the work You know, um, things aren't going to change for us You know, Mm. it's so important that we actually decide That once we decide something that we actually show up You know, showing up is half the the job Mm. It really is We can't expect things to change if we don't ignite some sort of action we've got to be parallel with with being present but action you know we've got to be in our masculine and feminine energy and feminine is about the receiving it's about the being in the here and now and the masculine energy is around um action so like you were saying before the guy's going out and you know fishing Mm -hmm. and creating that connection but we both you know both masculine and feminine both male and female we both need both energies Mm -hmm. in order for the male needs to be you know like to soften his own Know sensitivity and get in touch with his emotions. That's kind of the feminine energy, but then still having the action to create goals and things like that. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense, (laughs) I don't know if it does make sense, really, (laughs) to be honest. But
0: yeah, no, that's all good. And just thinking about yourself, you know, you you talked about um, looking after yourself and things. Mm -hmm. I can imagine being a counselor, like Mm -hmm. talking with someone who has an addiction, and then someone Mm -hmm. who's in a toxic relationship, and Mm -hmm. then someone like. Some days must get emotionally quite heavy in terms of yeah, how yeah. do you? How, I guess how do you self, avoid yeah. taking on the burdens of your clients yeah. and maintain your own self? Because I I work as a lawyer, so yeah. I sometimes yeah. get other people's burdens. Yeah, absolutely. Like and especially I'll being a sensitive soul, yeah, it like can. You are. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's I it. It can be hard because you you know people come yeah. to me usually yeah. sometimes sometimes when they are starting something and it's mm-hmm. happy mm-hmm. but sometimes when things have gone wrong yeah. as well yeah so it for me sometimes it does feel like i'm taking on board yeah what they're going through and i have to be very careful to yeah. have boundaries and things yeah. but yeah. can you just talk us through that for you
1: absolutely anything? so so important like when i first sort of started doing it i really i struggled because i was like oh my gosh i actually came home a wreck because i'd be seeing these clients i didn't know how to sort of create that um i guess boundaries like you said mm-hmm. um in my workspace. However, now I'm very, very strong. I leave things at the door. So when I, when I go home, um, from work or I've finished with a group, I energetically actually do a bit of a clearing on myself. I sort of like energetically leave that space behind. And then I, um, I'm very, very, I'm very, very clear around my boundaries, but I also, um, I like, like to take time out for myself as well just to clear the space and be in my own energy around clearing that because, you know, we can't function like I couldn't function. That's why I count, a lot of counsellors get burnout because they're so busy taking on other people's stuff when we need to learn to really leave that at the door and actually yeah. literally just being able to walk out. So I think that's a bit of a maturity. For me, it's been a maturity thing. Mm-hmm. It's been a time thing um, and it's also been a... Um, a learning of boundaries thing for me too Because, you know, back in, in my early childhood I didn't really have a lot of boundaries And so I've had to, again, re-parent that to myself You know, teaching boundaries Which is so important Because mm-hmm. boundaries create safety And they create security And they create us to feel, you know in our, To be okay in our own whole self So, um, yeah, definitely self-care is huge for me I, I put a lot into myself In, in terms of self-care um, yeah, so I'm pretty, mm. pretty good at that. Yeah, no, that's never helpful. used to be, but I am now. Definitely, yeah, I think it's
0: important, oh, like it's getting, so important. Um, getting on the airplane picture, you know, the, yeah. kind of the face mask. Yeah. Can absolutely. I ask a question? I don't know the answer to this question, okay. but thinking about um, events that happen in a city. So we're sitting here in Christchurch mm. and mm. just a month ago, there was mm. this attacks that happened And a few years ago, now eight years ago, there were these earthquakes that happened. And it has an impact not just on one person, Mm. it's the entire, well, potentially the entire country that gets affected. And uh, particularly for the earthquakes, the people who were here at the time and went through that, like Mm. there's some trauma and, you know, um, I don't really have a question here apart from... What what's your take on that, yeah. and and how do you think it, yeah?
1: Yeah, okay, it's, it's huge. It's 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 absolutely huge. Um, there is, you know, there, there's so much PTSD now going on, um, post traumatic stress, mm-hmm. and um, you know, this city has been greatly affected, and I see it. You know i actually probably suffer a little bit of that within myself like especially with the earthquakes um initially when that happened i i'd start going to the malls and then i'd be looking for an exit you know so i was affected so i know that it's it's affected so many um and alongside this grief there's some deep grief going on so i guess the only invitation would be you know i, I see us all working together as a community but definitely if there's if there's grief going on just to seek help alongside that because it's it's huge and often what happens is um when things arise it can actually tap into some unhealed grief for those that are sort of maybe haven't processed their grief so it can be like a an exuberant amount of um you know trauma that that one's experiencing so um yeah I just I really truly recommend getting some help there's lots of help out there now you know for this so do not ever hesitate to to do that because mm-hmm. you know as a community we really need to um, look out for each other and support each other and just and I've, I've seen a lot of that in Christchurch you know we've all come together mm-hmm. and it's been beautiful you know there has been a lot of although there's been dr- grief and trauma there's been a lot of um, beauty as in neighbors coming together and um, people really you know, stepping into that community and helping each other and I think that there's there's something beautiful about that as well. Mm. I get goosebumps as I say that actually. <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well so. that's the
0: potential, isn't it? Yeah. That that things that happen mm. no one ever wants those things to happen. No. And you can only look for the, the positive being yeah. what's what is the potential that comes out of things yeah. such as unity, unity in new ways. Yeah. And the idea that you can have cross-cultural understanding mm-hmm. in new ways that maybe in the past wouldn't have been a door that was open to people to even consider.
1: So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's just, um, you know, it's it's quite heartfelt, really, seeing people come together and you know, really kind of expressing their vulnerability together as well, and, and being safe to do so. It's like there's there's something magical within that, mm-hmm. you know, and I love that, you know. Um, I've been. I'm involved in quite a few different groups, but um, my own, like personal growth as well, that I put myself into. Mm-hmm. You know, within one of the groups, is you know, we were all, you know, throughout the um, Christchurch trauma attack, which is just it's awful. But you know, we were able to sort of hold that space and for everyone to feel their feelings at that time, and and there was a lot of um, love, a lot of aroha So I think that you know, it's just around keeping our hearts open to that aruha and knowing that there's support out there around that. Mm. Yeah
0: yeah no, that's good yeah it'll be it'll be fascinating to see if it can last <laughs> yeah, cuz these I know. these things once the memorials and the remembrances yeah, are I finished know. then mm. do we go back to the mm. old way and do we revert yeah. yeah i i interviewed a guy for this podcast named Mark mm-hmm. Mbundo from Kenya mm-hmm. and he mm-hmm. was just sharing his perspective about african culture versus western culture yeah, right. and i mean it's really this is really broad brush but yeah. western culture being quite individualistic yes. and whereas from his perspective in nairobi you knew everyone on the street. And in fact, you were out having a meal with them. Mm. You know, your kids Mm. were playing. And whereas in the West, he's come here. And it's like uh, the classic example he gave is the rubbish bins, you know, they go out, they come back. Who put them out there? Yeah. It's like a mystery. They just appear one day, but we never see the people. They're yeah. just in their house, yeah. which is quite, quite interesting, you know. Is, kind it's almost of a little bit sad, too, it is, isn't yeah, it, hearing it that? It but <laughs> I
1: think, like, with, within the multi culture, it's quite, you know, um, it's whānau-based, mm. so it's, you know, quite different as well. Like, the, I guess us Westerns, Westerners are individualized, although I like to, you know, like I'm, I like to sort of step into community a bit more myself to be Mm -hmm. honest because i like to sort of connect others with others and you know i actually teach a um a group of women and they're all soul sisters you know connecting women together and you know knowing that they've got support there's a lot of power within groups and things like that so i'm i'm very passionate about you know um women and men connecting within our community and just knowing that there are other people on on the similar journeys that can aid and support Mm. so i think that's quite there's there is some Beautiful stuff out there but yeah it's interesting around hearing that story because mm. it is very much like yeah, it that it can be can be someone can else be. i
0: interviewed amy marston over in Aranui, she mm. helps um groups so she's uh very much a te ao maori perspective oh, on nice. the world yeah and and she describes that word whanau being whānau. much much bigger yeah. than yeah. i ever thought of it because yeah. i kind of thought oh loosely it's family like yeah my mother, my father, my sister, you yeah, know, right. like, yeah. but for her, it was like, oh, you're here to share a meal with me. Yeah. You're in, you're in yeah. the club. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love yeah. that. You
1: know, I definitely, um, well, like, being brought up in the North Island and mm-hmm. I was sort of brought up in a sort of whānau type environment as well. And I just, you know, I love the interconnectedness of it mm-hmm. and, and just being able to share and I don't know, it felt good. Yeah. No, homely great. and accepting and yeah. loving.
0: Yeah, that's great. So, Haley Marie, thank you so much for coming in today and um, chatting about a diverse range of topics. Yeah, we covered horses. I'm yeah. <laughs> not going <laughs> to <But>, forget that. <laughs> yeah, but um, but actually, it's quite interesting yeah. that, that that was the beginning point because then we went on yes. to talk about vulnerability and and humans, and I think there is an, a bit of an echo there. Yeah, back to nice your leg. you know your childhood and yeah. relationship with. Um, with horses and what you learned from them, so yeah. that was quite fascinating. But thank you for your time, because I really think it's important that we have these conversations. Mm. Because by listening to this, hopefully people will have unfold for them this idea that actually it is important to to talk with other people mm. to get support mm. if you need it. And, absolutely. And that's I think what we need more of is sharing of our stories and our journeys.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I just wanted to um, take a moment to thank you so much, too, Stephen. I think mm. that. You know, it's been a real privilege to be here today and to to be um, sharing each other's energy. And um, yeah, I'm actually really and truly really grateful for that. Yeah, it's no been problem. Great. Thank you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for coming on. Awesome. And, um, if people are interested in finding out more, is there a website that they could go to? Or? Yes,
1: there is. So it's um, Haley Marie Lit dot com. I'm not sure if there's a there's a Haley Marie dot Counselor. That's fine. And I've got a Facebook page too, just Haley Marie Lick Counselor.
0: Well, what we'll do is in the show notes, which is like the description, if you send me a link or links, whatever, I'll put them in and then people can go down and click. So if you're listening and you want to know more, they can yeah just scroll down and and absolutely yeah but um yeah thanks again for coming in thank you so much no problem awesome cheers well i do hope you enjoyed that interview with Haley marie if you did then consider leaving a rating and review for the show maybe tell someone else about it and check out some of the earlier episodes in the pack catalog until next time